glad that you are here today. We're in a series entitled Get Up. Can y'all see that? Man, I love these lights. That make me look skinny. I love the skinny lights. Thank you, media team. Ben, thank you guys so much back there. But uh, we're in this series entitled Get Up. And, and, and I alluded to a verse a couple of weeks ago, but, but I didn't throw it up on the screen. So, but I, so I want you to get some bonus Bible this morning. Anybody afraid of the Word of God? Okay, good. I hope you're not. It's, it's living and it's active. It's good. And, and by the way, we're, we're going to launch out on June the 4th in an exciting time here about reading the Bible through in 90 days. You probably have a little card in your, your seat. I think I picked one up today. Uh, read the, some of you say, man, I just wish I could read through. You can. You can do whatever you set your mind to. You're just lazy. Here's what we're going to do. You have an opportunity today to purchase a book if you want a hard copy. It's also, I think, on version. You can listen to it. Those of you that, that have to, you know, suffer through going to San Antonio every day. Just get a job in Bernie. Comfort. Bandera. Let's make Bandera big again, you know, and just... just Let's just, just blow up the hill country a little bit. But, but, but we're going to read the Bible in 90 days this summer, launching on June the 4th. Somebody's going, how in the world are we going to do that? Here's how you do it. 12 pages a day. Just 12 pages. Come on. You can read. If Some of y'all hadn't read 12 pages in 12 years. And we can tell. But listen, just 12 pages. That's 6 in the morning, 6 at night, or it's 12 at one time, or it's 2 at breakfast, 2 at your midday snack, 2 at... You see what I'm saying? I know some of y'all eat 12 times a day. You need to get on the bread of life, the manna from above, the living water that satisfies your thirst. Right? You see what I'm saying? You need, you need that. I don't know what just happened. You need that. You need the word of God. Amen? Here's a verse. Of, let's get to the Bible today. Can we do that? In John chapter 16, verse 33, here's what Jesus says. He's so encouraging. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Thanks, God. Thanks for those words there. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Jesus knows some stuff, right? Y'all know when he's speaking, he knows what he's talking about. How many of you can relate to what he said here? But I love that there's not a period there. There might be, but he continues with verse 33. He says, but I want you to take heart because I have overcome the world, right? And you're going to have setbacks. You're going to face struggles. None of us are immune to difficulties in life. But here's the great hope that we have. That, listen, we have someone who gives us overcoming power and strength to make it through whatever we face. Amen? We're, we've been talking about over the last few weeks that it's not the knockdown that defines you. But it's the get up that does. And so this series deals with, hey, when life knocks us down, will we stay down or will we get back up? Are you with me there? Now, last week I threw out a, a passage of Scripture in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I kind of want us to go back there. I didn't spend a lot of time there. But today I kind of want us to, to, to look back and revisit this passage of Scripture. Because I believe that there are so many incredible statements that Paul makes here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. That help us respond when the trials of life come our way. And so I want to share with you four statements that, that, that we can find in the Word of God that will help us respond when difficulties come, okay? Am I talking to anybody? Anybody in a difficult situation right now? Let me hear you say, I am. Good. I'm glad you're here. Listen to what the Word of the Lord says in 2 Corinthians 4. Paul says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not what? 
He says, we are perplexed, but we're not driven to what? We are hunted down, but we're never what? Abandoned. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. There there are four statements in these two verses that that, that I believe describe the true condition of, of all mankind. But, but, but I believe that Paul was trying to encourage the believers, especially in the church of Corinth, because they faced difficulties and adversity. And there were, there were things that he wanted them to remember that when life knocked them down, things that might just help them get back up. And I believe that these are great encouraging words to us today. The, 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 these words are true, even though the, that from time to time our experiences may, may vary. We're, we're not always pressured in life, but we oftentimes face difficult times, don't we? We're, we're not always perplexed, but, but I would encourage It happens more probably than you really, really think it does. We, we don't always face opposition, but sometimes... We do, and, and, and not every day is a knockdown type of day in your life. You have some days of victory and celebration as well, but, 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 but there are sometimes some circumstances of life that, 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 that come our way that, that can just knock our feet out from under. None of us are exempt from any of these things that Paul is speaking to. And so I want to share with you real quickly today, if I can, four, four statements that just might help you get back up the next time that life knocks you down. Are you with me? Say, I am. Number one, pressure will not defeat us. He says that in the very beginning of verse 8. He says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. That word, that word pressed was, was sometimes used as, as, as walking through a crowd where, where maybe people surround you and they literally press up against you. How many of you hate situations like that where you're like in a crowd and the throngs of people are just around you and you're like, oh, I just, you can't breathe sometimes, right? And, and some of you get just a little, you get a little antsy in those situations, right? I can tell because some of you, when you come to worship, you kind of camp out. You like mark your territory. No one can be in a 10-seat radius around you, right? You, 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 that's why we bought bigger chairs when we purchased chairs. We wanted you to have more square footage. So you're not, so you're not just, some of us just don't like that idea of being pressed, crowds of people. That, that, that word press also may be symbolic of, of a grape that when it goes through the wine press and when that juice is just that grape is crushed and that juice just fell. I mean, there is nothing left from the pressure of the press. You see, the pressures of life may squeeze us from time to time, right? But I want you to have great hope today. It does not have to crush you. It does not have to crush you. Pressure will not defeat us. We are not always pressured. Sometimes we are, but when it comes, it does not have to. To crush you. The second statement that I find here is, is, is that confusion will not discourage us. Paul says, continuing in verse 8, he says, We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. Are you, are you like me that sometimes in life you just don't know which way to go? Am I talking to anybody? Maybe there's a decision you've had to make, a move to make, a, a, a job choice, a, a school choice, a, 
a, a mate choice. I, I don't know, but, but sometimes you, we, we, we just don't know which way to go. You know, life sometimes has a way of, of throwing a curveball at us. And, and, and sometimes we, we just face circumstances that let's just, sometimes they just seem a little confusing. Am I talking to anybody today? You, they, they, and we just honestly, we don't know what we need to do or what we should do. or We don't know what's best. And, and I'll be honest, there have been times in which I've said, Lord, I just wish that you were physically right here in front of me. And, and you would just, Lord, I need you to tell me what to do, right? I've got counsel on both sides of the fence. It's good and, 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 and bad, and, and I'm, just, I'm just distraught. I just don't know. Lord, I just wish you would tell me what I need to do, right? You know, this same Paul that wrote 2 Corinthians 4 also wrote a book by the name of Romans. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Paul said that sometimes, he said, hey, listen, sometimes we don't even know how to pray. You ever been there? We, we don't even know how to pray. There, there, there are moments when the pressure is, is so great and we are so tired and, and we're worn out by life that it, it can just become so confusing. And sometimes we just don't even know. I don't even know what to pray right now, Lord. I mean, fatigue just settles in and, and it can eventually wear you out. Am I talking to anybody today? And I found out in those moments that sometimes I just have to cry and say, hey, Lord, I just, I just need you to have mercy on me. Lord, I, I don't know. I don't have words. And I just need you to do it. And, and by the way, d- don't you know that the Lord knows all the details of your life? D- don't you know that he knows what you need? Right? You may not, but he does. And, and hey, don't you know that God's ways are higher than ours? And sometimes I think maybe we settle for, for less than the very best. God's got a great plan for your life. You need to know that he's for you. You need to know that he wants to, to, to bless and prosper. He came to give you life, and he says, this life that I will give you is so abundant and free. And, it's, and sometimes I just say, hey, God, I just need you to do it. And listen, I don't have to fill in the blanks. I don't need to provide more. God knows all the data. He, he knows all the scenarios. And sometimes I just need to trust that, hey, listen, even though I'm confused, I need not be discouraged. Here's what I've discovered. When, when, when we are confused, Jesus is not. He knows. <laughs> he knows. And right now, this morning, you might be facing something in which there's just a cloud of confusion. He's not confused. And he's got a great plan and an answer. Sometimes we are puzzled and perplexed by life. Sometimes we are bewildered and we're unsure. And I just think that it's okay sometimes. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. But Paul would tell us in this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, listen, hey, listen, we are not driven to despair because life doesn't depend on our knowledge of the big picture. God sees things that we can't. And here's just what I've come to understand, that when we are at our wit's end, God is just beginning. That when I come to the end of me, ooh, that's where he steps in and does what only a big God in heaven can do. Come on, somebody. Often he does his best work when we have given up completely. Number three, here's another great statement if you find yourself down. Opposition will not deter us. Opposition will not deter us. In verse 9, Paul writes these words. He says, we are hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. We are hunted down. That's encouraging, isn't it? To to know that you're the Bambi for somebody, and they're after you. You know, they're they're after you, right? we're, We're hunted 
Paul says, as a hunter pursues his game. That, 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 that word conjures up these, these movie scenes to me where the hero, he knows he's being followed wherever he goes, but he just can't quite see his enemies. I mean, he knows that they're tracking him. Tra- I think of Jason Bourne. Man, Jason Bourne, that dude, he's a bad mamma jamma, but Bourne was always being followed. Somebody was always on his tail. My, my, I'm just watching the movie, and my heart is about to burst out of my chest. But homeboy was cool, calm, collective, and he knew, man, I'll take you down wherever you are. Come get it. Get you some. Right? I got this. Paul knew about this personally, I think, when he wrote these words to us in 2 Corinthians 4. You see, Paul understood what it meant to be hunted down. Everywhere he went, his Jewish opponents were after him. They were following him and watching him. They stayed on his trail. They were constantly attacking his character. They were constantly making fun of his preaching. They were mocking his message. They constantly were trying to stir up opposition outside the church. Oh, and check this out. Sometimes inside the church. Ooh, you, you, you know that the enemy wants to stir up a mess inside the house of God, right? Do you know that? That's why we work so hard to keep the unity of our faith. Listen, I know that we don't always see eye to eye. I know that sometimes we don't hold things maybe the same way, that there there maybe some minor things. In fact, this is really cool. It's a challenge to do church with people. You know that, right? And you know that churches are jacked up because of people, right? We're part of the problem, right? Uh, uh, That's why I love, we we have a thing, I don't know if you've known this, it's just a little past series plug. We did a series a few years back called Hanging Tough. Remember that old new kids on the block song? Listen up everybody if you want to take a chance. <laughs> Hanging Tough. Anybody? Am I talking? Woo! 80s flashback. 90s, 90s flashback. Yeah. Pastor Danny's theme song in his high school prom here at Bernie High back in the day. And he could dance like a madman. It was amazing. But this pledge of connection, we have it tattooed on our wall in the garage. And maybe you want to come take a picture. Listen, it's a challenge to keep unity within the body of Christ. It's a challenge to live with each other sometimes, right? Somebody took your seat today and you're torqued off right now, right? Or you didn't get in quick enough. You missed the first song. We'll wake up a little bit earlier. I know people come. I just, you know, I mean, get it. Right? But this, this, this challenge of living together in unity and with one another. You see, the enemy would love to stir up a mess within the body of Christ. In fact, I believe that one of the greatest things that's a deterrent to people outside the body of Christ is the way we treat each other in the body of Christ. And so it's just a big deal. It's a big, big deal. But Paul knew that. He knew that people were hunting him down. That's why I love how the New Living Translation says that. He he knew what it felt like to be an animal that was fleeing through the underbrush within the the hounds. Hot on his trail. They're pursuing him. Bob Jones Sr., Bob Jones University. I don't know anybody familiar with Bob Jones University. Uh, Bob Jones Sr. was fond of, of saying this. He said, the door of opportunity swings on the hinge of opposition. Isn't it true? Opportunity swings on that hinge of opposition. I mean, those two things do go together, don't they? You ever set out to do something of worth and value? You know, anything that you do of worth or value is always going to face some sort of obstacle. You know that, right? Right? It's just so true. In fact, Paul, this same dude, Paul wrote some awesome stuff. Do you ever read the Bible? Man, he's good. 
Listen to what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 16. He says, there is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. Opportunity, but obstacle. Hey, listen, if you set out to do anything good in this world, someone is bound to oppose you. And so if you get knocked down, get back up. You, 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 you might just be on the track towards an incredible opportunity. You ever thought about it from that perspective? That maybe I'm being knocked down because there is something awesome that's on my horizon. Did I say horizon? Did I mention there was a 6.30 horizon tonight? You see what I did there? You see wordsmith up here, bro. It's good. But there might just be an opportunity before you. But in order to embrace that opportunity, you need to know that there might be a knockdown coming. In fact, can I just tell you something? We just celebrated baptism this morning. I love that. And, and, and these people that have said yes to you, you know that when you say yes to Jesus Christ is, is oftentimes when you're going to face your greatest op- opposition. In fact, some of you might have close friends or family members that, that, that give you a hard time about your new relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, bro. Don't you remember what we used to do and how we used to act? And Man, you're just so boring now because you've let someone come in and take over the reins of your life. You know? You, 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 you might face some opposition. We're, I just want to remind you that if Christ is in us, he, He's not going to leave us. We're we're not abandoned by him. We're not deserted. We're not left to stand alone. We're never abandoned to our fate. In fact, I want to show you some words real quick about this idea of living for Christ. And maybe you've never seen this. but Let me read this passage of scripture, Matthew 28. It says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. By a round of applause, how many of you have ever heard those verses before? Okay, good, good. We we know, thank you, thank you, it's awesome. We know that passage of scripture as what? The Great Commission, right? And and, and oftentimes we, we use those passages of scripture to remind us about we are all called to be a missionary. That, that, that we're all called to go and to tell the story of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a problem that I find with, with that text is that it's been used so many times as this great missionary text that we don't hear the power of Jesus' words. We, 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 we tend to focus on the, the command to go into all the world and make disciples, and there's nothing wrong with that. But listen, that command to go is bracketed before and after by two powerful statements that we oftentimes ignore. And, and this is how that fits into to getting back up. Look what he said in verse 18. Jesus says this, I have been given all authority. Who has all the authority? Jesus has been given it by God the Father. He's been given that authority. Okay, and, and listen, if I call myself a Christian, what does that mean? Who, who lives within me? Christ. So do you understand that, that I am the carrier of an all-authority Jesus? And, and look what he says in verse 20. He says, I am with you always. Is that not awesome to know? That, 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 that this, this Jesus who, who can rise up from the dead, 
that his power and, and, and he is with us? When, when I get knocked down, if I just remember that, 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 that Jesus says, hey, listen, I've been given all authority. I'm in you. And listen, I'm going to be with you always. See, we often look at that, 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 that great challenge of reaching the world, even for Christ. And some of us think, man, it's impossible. Just like I said, hey, we're going to read the Bible through in 90 days. Some of you said, fat chance, dude. And some of us feel that way when it comes to reaching the world and sharing our faith. I mean, you don't know the crowd that I run with. You don't know where I work. You don't know the, the neighbors around me. But I just want to remind you of, of, of what Jesus says. Listen, he says, hey, listen, I don't want you to worry because I'm right there with you and I'm backing you up. And when you speak for me, I'll be there to, 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 to speak through you. In fact, I'm reminded, and you need to know this, that it's not about what we do. It's about what Jesus does. You see, these people that are followers of Jesus Christ, it is not about what we've done, but it's about what Jesus Christ has done in their life. Jesus is the one that brings dead things back to life. Jesus is the one that brings healing to your broken world. Jesus is the one that can make all things new. Man doesn't do that mess. I'm simply called to go and be a representative and to tell and, and tell my story. Somebody just shared a story with me in between worship experiences this morning about what God did in their life through a fast. And she began to share with us that when we fasted for 21 days, the miracles that they begin. You see, that's what he does. That's what he does. He does those things. But I'm going to tell you something. That if you choose to follow Jesus, if you choose to, to go with him, you, you, you need to know that you may be rejected. You might be hated. You might be ridiculed, mocked. But I want you to re remind you that the Lord Jesus is right there with you. Hey, ask those three Hebrew teenagers by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in Daniel 3, where we saw that they were thrown in a fiery furnace, who was right there in the midst with them? Oh, there's a fourth one in there. Did we not throw three in? I see four. Who's the four? It's the Son of God. Come on, Christian. And he is in you. And he can give you that get-up power and strength that you need. Come on, he's preaching now. Number four, hard hits will not destroy us. He says we get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Last week I shared from the Phillips translation. I love how that verse reads. It says it, we may be knocked down, but we're never knocked out. Hey, listen, can I just tell you something? If you live long enough, you're going to be hit with a sucker punch sooner or later. That term struck down refers to, to maybe that sudden emergency visit, maybe that unseen incident, maybe that late-night phone call, that crisis that seems to come out of nowhere, that catastrophe that maybe has overtaken your life, right? That earthquake that is shaking you this morning and rocking your world. Hey, listen, hard hits will not destroy us. Most of us feel like we can handle kind of moderate trouble, don't we? We might be able to handle that cranky boss or, 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 or that sick child or, or that neighbor that just kind of gets under our skin a little bit, you know. Not mine. I live in a great community. Love it. We, we know what to do when we have a flat tire, a fender bender, when the electricity goes off. We, we know how to... To, 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 to scrimp for a few days when money's tight. We, we, we know what to do when, 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 when our child is sick and we need to take them to see the doctor. Listen, we, 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 we know that into each life there's some rain that falls and we know when to pop the umbrella up and just kind of, you know, make it through. But what happens when those dark clouds gather and the storms just seem to press in and that rain becomes a storm in your life? What do you do then? 
Well, I want to quote a, a gentleman and a scholar and a deep theologian. His name is Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson said this. He says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. It's true, isn't it? We all have a plan until just maybe from out of nowhere, like just bam, right in the mouth, right? And if you live long enough, you're going to get punched in the mouth more than once. And sometimes you're going to see that blow coming, but sometimes it's just going to come out of nowhere. So, so what do you do then? And listen, just because you're a Christ follower doesn't mean that you're exempt from that. In fact, remember how I started today, what Jesus says? In this world, you will have trials and sorrows. You will have trouble. I mean, it's just a big mistake to think that somehow God shields his children from the slings and the arrows of outrageous fortune. But, but what happens to us happens to them too. Our kids and their kids all get sick. And what do you do then? What do you do when maybe you get laid off? What, what, what do you do when the recession has taken away your savings, that nest egg that you'd put back? Hey, what do you do when the chemo doesn't work? Well, what do you do when you end up in divorce court? What do you do then? You know, more and more, I'm convinced that the greatest apologetic to the world for us as believers is, is not some clever argument to prove to them once and for all that Jesus rose from the grave. And that's what we do a lot of times. Hey, listen, clever arguments can only take you so far. Here's what I'm learning in relation to getting back up. Our friends will judge our Christianity mostly by how we respond when we take it on the chin. So your friends are watching how you respond to adversity and struggle and trials. And they're watching to see, hey, hey, Christian, you, are you going to stay down? Are, is that what you're going to do? I thought you said your God is great. Our God is greater. Our God is strong. You know, where is he now? They're going to watch and see if we got some get upness in us. They're going to watch and see how we respond when life hits us in the chops. I love what Pastor Tim Keller says. He says, we need a theology of suffering if we're going to reach this generation. And, and hey, listen, if, if Christians are called the light of the world, you know that we're called that, right? In Matthew chapter 5. Hey, when do you see light? In the darkness. You see light when dark times come. You don't see light at noonday. I can shine a Q-beam at you in the noon and you're not going to see it. But man, if it's midnight, you're going to see that light. You see what I'm saying here? That sometimes even in the predicament that we find ourselves in, the struggles and difficulties, that is the greatest opportunity for us to let the light of Jesus Christ shine. Come on, somebody. So I love this passage in 2 Corinthians 4. It's real. Are we under pressure? Yes. Do we get confused sometimes? You bet we do. Do we face harsh criticism? Absolutely. Are we knocked down sometimes? You better believe it. That's life. And that's reality. But being knocked down doesn't mean we have to stay down, does it? In fact, I want you to stand up right now. You guys have been sitting down too long. And I'm going to make a closing statement. Ministry team, you go ahead and come and make yourself available this morning. I want to make a closing statement for you to leave with today. 
Because if you're not knocked down right now, it's coming. Get ready. So I'm just trying to help you out and get you ready. Be prepared for this. Or if you're in the knockdown right now, be encouraged by this. Christ offers victory through trouble. Not victory apart from trouble. Christ offers victory through trouble. The enemy thought he had won, didn't he? When Christ was buried in the grave. But all I'm telling you, it was just a greater story to share when that dead man walked out of a tomb. And what the enemy has meant in your life to destroy you, oh, come on. Come on. You got some get upness in you. You got some get up power and strength within you. Don't you lay there and waller and let him win. Come on. If God is for you, who can be against you? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Let's walk in victory. Thank you, guys. You are dismissed. We'll see you.